Hello listeners, it's Philip here. I'm with Peter and Mark. We've got a full house and in honor of Wimbledon. Uh, I'm uh, recording from the whitest place in the world, um, Oslo, Norway. And uh, speaking of whiteness, uh, Wimbledon's outfit, the players are forced to wear all white. And uh, we were talking before the pod, um, what are some traditions you've encountered in your life that you just thought were just like ridiculous, but had to follow them anyway? Um, Peter, what do you think? So, um, for me, it all revolves around table manners, I think, because, um, I think we grew up in a household where it was a family dinner every night. Our mom was trying to instill like traditional sort of table values and it got to the and it's just like i could never see the point in pulling out the chair for a woman because i in, 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 in invariably like i wouldn't get it right either she wouldn't be close enough to the table or i would like hit her the leg or something and it it, it it got to the got to the point where it's just like we were we were um hit over the head with how we should behave at the table so much that we started to rebel and so we would instead of like asking could you please pass potatoes we would demonstrably point at potatoes and then just like say that um, yeah what, what was really bad about it is my dad thought it was like a little too funny and to this day he does that now and it's just really rude um but uh so i think table manners is one of those things where I rebelled against it for a while, and then I sort of saw the point after a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I think that even extends to, like, dates almost. And I know it's the traditional thing to do if you're picking up the date to, like, open the door for her, the car door for her on her side and then yours. And I always thought that is just, like, super impractical because it's just, like, it takes so long to just, like, go all the way around the car to do something that she can easily do for herself. Yeah, how hard is it um, to open a door? If they want equal pay, if they want equal pay at Wimbledon, then they at least have to open their own door. I think that should be one of the prerequisites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I'm not going to go that far. I just think it's a tradition that's just kind of stupid. Yeah. Mark, what about you? Do you have a tradition? I mean, my wife's not going to listen to the pod, so first of all, I agree with Peter. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> agree. What? Davi doesn't listen to the pod? <laughs> uh, anyway, I have three. I have three quickly. Uh, the first tradition was something that I discovered. I only had to experience it once, but that was that was that was one too many times. Is we went to something. And I don't know if it was the YMCA or some type of ritzy indoor club in New York. And I went with my, my dad and my friend Bart and his dad. But every male, it was male only, and every male swam naked. And I, to this day, <laughs> I was a little bit scarred by it. So, <laughs> I, I'm I, a little I'm even scared. scarred by, like, the sauna sometimes. I just feel like like places where it's just the thing to do is be naked with a group of other dudes is just, is just, uh, inherently there's a little weirdness to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing. But that, that, that's, that's the next level. Cause it's, it's like a place where it's not normal to be naked with other dudes, but they make it happen anyway. <laughs> I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to leave it at that because I think we're going to talk dudes, dudes who, probably get a little naked with each other uh oh no sorry philip philip what do you got oh uh so my tradition i just refuse to follow is uh when uh, our senior year in high school like our high school dress code was jacket and tie and like i guess around october i just stopped wearing a tie and whenever, like, a faculty member, like, noticed, they would be like, Philip, put on your tie. And so I'd take my tie out of my, like, like blazer pocket and put it on. And the moment they left, I'd take it off again. And it was just, like, ridiculous for me to see just how rarely people noticed you weren't wearing a tie. Um, 
and yeah, and just how how uh, it was considered this like very important thing, but it was just totally uh, if you just chose not to do it, nobody would make you. Um, and also, I guess the tradition of uh, drinking water in normal water bottles instead of out of flasks um so that same year senior year of high school i uh, used a whiskey flask as a water bottle and uh the headmaster uh saw me taking a swig and like told me to like go to his office immediately and he's like uh He's like, Philip, uh, give me your flask. And I'm like, what? That's my water bottle. And he's like, Philip, that better be water. And he, like, tastes it and it's water. And I'm just like, see, it's water. And he's like, and he confiscated it anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's my two. Yeah. I, I remember that. That... <laughs> I wonder why, like, the flask is that kind of gray area, because I, I kind of see it from the school side of it, where you can't just have everybody having their flasks, because then if flasks is a thing, it's like, there's no grounds for confiscating it if it's actually alcohol, but it is kind of like that if it's a water bottle, it's totally different from if it's a flask. Yeah. I would say, like, uh, I would get noticed for, like, my not wearing a tie every two to three weeks. And, you know, that's exactly the time between Wimbledon and the French Open. And that just does, doesn't feel like that long um, of a time. What do you think, Mark? Just quickly, Phil, before we, before we delve into that, I, I don't know if you guys have read a separate, but did you ever wear the pink t Have you guys read the book, A Separate Piece? Yeah. So can we call you Finny for the rest of the for the rest of the pod today? Because I remember he wore his pink tie as a belt, and he came <laughs> up with some convoluted. So that that sounds like something Phil would do. But yeah, the three weeks. I feel like I mean I feel like first of all, you guys should be able to bask in the glory of Rafa's you know seventeenth French Open for a little bit longer. And uh, so the three weeks to me, and you know I'll, I'll hear you guys. Um, you know, wax poetic on it, but it feels like the, the time period is too compressed. It doesn't really give those who did very well at the French a lot of time to prep for the grass. Now, it's a nice consolation for those who lose early, but I, I you know, if just, just even superficially, I would say that three weeks is not enough. I don't even think it's enough for the fans to kind of reboot all of their tennis energy. Yeah, like Guido Pella was making plans for it not to be enough time for him and he was actually <laughs> considering not even playing Wimbledon because he was expecting to get to the to the, the semifinals of the French but uh, it ended up being an, uh, a nice amount of time for him to prep because he lost early so I think you're right where it's enough time for those who lose early and, uh, and not enough time for those who, who go late <laughs> how about even as a fan are you coming into this with like this insane um, bucket of enthusiasm that you come into the French or you sort of work your way into it? I think like uh, a, a I third, wish the grass court season matches. were longer. Um, yeah, like, uh, it doesn't have to be this compressed. Like, even if it were a month longer and there were a Masters 1000, if, like, Queens were a Masters 1000, what would be the result? It would push the, uh, the summer hardcourt season a month later, and so the, uh, U.S. Open would be played in early October instead of early um, September. And with global warming and everything, that's, like, actually perfect weather. Whereas, like, Labor Day weekend in New York, it's way too hot. Um, yeah, there that would actually be, like, a, yeah. a good solution. I think the, the limiting factor for the French Open or move, is, like, I guess the... the Calendar-wise, the more just reasonable thing would be to move the French up because there's such a big gap between the Aussie and the French. But France doesn't get warm enough until, like, mid-May. Yeah, the weather um, was, like, so crappy, like, even in early June. 
the, the most, the most um, radical, the most radical solution would be to move the French Open to China. <laughs> like, like that's a that's a part of the world that could be have a very that could be a very lucrative audience for a Grand Slam. I mean, at the Australian Open, the front rows were all wealthy Chinese people. Sounds like the US. Maybe, I guess Australia is close enough to Asia. Maybe like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now we're talking. The, uh, now we're talking. But with the Australian Open, another thing I've brought up a few times on this pod is what if it like alternated between surfaces every year? So we had like an equal number over the course of a career grass hard and uh, clay grand slams. Um, because the current like Grand Slam format, uh, accumulating Grand Slams favors the hardcourt player. Whereas like okay, if uh, if the Aussie uh, switched between surfaces, then Nadal and Federer would have more Grand Slams, and Djokovic would have fewer. Yeah, I mean it's it won't happen, but it's probably the right thing to do. Just one other thing in terms of the schedule, I don't even think we necessarily have to extend it by a month. But to me, okay, first of all, that Hall of Fame Classic that they have on grass in Newport, you can, you can keep it at that week or a week later. So anybody who is, either did qualify for Wimbledon or loses in the first round can make their little trip to the U.S. None of the top Wimbledon players play those early, early hardcore tournaments in the U.S. anyway. So even if there's a little bit of an overlap, it's not going to keep Fed and Djokovic from playing Atlanta or... DC or LA or any of those tournaments. So I say you could probably push the grass, uh, Wimbledon back at least two weeks, have a Masters 1000 in the second or third week of, of the grass season, give everybody a week to transition. I know they used to have the Davis Cup after it. They don't even have that. So they don't, you know, you can push things back, but it just, it just feels very compressed. Now maybe that's favors Federer because he just adjusts to the grass quicker than anybody. Uh, but uh, it's a, it's, they're cramming a lot in there. You know, it's the final exam time, and they're cramming history and art history on the same day. Yeah. So, I guess an argument in favor of the current schedule is that grass is the worst surface. It's just, it's it's the surface where Isner and Rayanich can get to the fucking, like, semifinals and finals. Um, it's the surface yeah, tell, where tell points, really average point length is, like, three shots and um the people are it's just like routine to slip because the grass is slick yeah um so it, that, you, it you does have aesthetic appeal though yeah get it out of Wait, the <laughs> it, it does have aesthetic I, appeal though I, I think a month is enough so i think you get tired of it yeah there are a lot of tie breaks like in grass court and matches it's like do you really want do you really want grass season to elevate Randich's ranking even more? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so it's been established that grass is for bitches. Um, and so um, now let's talk about the Wimbledon draw. Um, should we say our... first round matches? Let's, let's talk about... About the uh, the first round matches that we have on our radar, and then share our, our final sixteen picks and, and backtrack a little. Okay, well I'll start off with first round matches because I've got a I've got a really bold prediction. Um, I think fourth seed Kevin Anderson loses to Pierre Hoogs or Herbert. It's a good call. I don't have a problem with seeding him four. I think that uh, that team and Zverev did not earn the spot. And, and Silic has been off. I'm sure they've wanted to see him since the past didn't do particularly well on the grass. I, I think that's a good call. I didn't call it, but I, I have no problem with them seated fourth. I just, I, you may be, that may be a, 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 an intelligent, bold prediction. I mean, he's, he's, he's been having injury problems. He took off the entire clay season. And Uxer Bear did really well in Hal. Um, and, uh, yeah, has generally had a really good grass court season. Um, and so, yeah, that is sort of an informed, like, upset call. Um, that might not happen, but it's, like, it's something I'm calling. That's a match I have circled. 
What about you, Peter? Would you call that as well, or do you think Anderson will get through? Um, I think it is an educated guess. Um, I think that it could happen. Of, of, of bold upsets, I think it's probably the most likely. The other one is uh, team has a very tough first rounder against Sam Query, the giant slayer. He, he took down uh, Murray at Wimbledon not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and, and he did really well in Eastbourne. Be, no, no, I'm calling Query in that match. I have Query going in the round of 16, actually. Yeah, that's wow. a good, that's a, that's an interesting. Query's in Eastbourne right now, right? Yeah, he just lost in the finals to Fritz. Okay. Well, At least his game's not on the Fritz anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Who does Fritz play? Um, I have Fritz him losing to Burditch. Fritz plays Burditch. I called Burditch in that. I yeah. think that they that these uh, these players flame out quickly. And Burditch is just way better in the slams than he is in other parts. He really saves it all for the slow, more so than a lot of others do. <clears throat> yeah. Um, another one I've circled is uh, I have Manorino over Chilich. Uh, Manorino won, I think, Sertogenbach, either Sertogenbach or, or, or the one in Germany before Hal. Um, he won one of the two opening grass court tournaments. Um, and Chilich has been slumping hard. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's another potential upset I see in the first round. That's a good call. Manorino's also inconsistent. You, you, that may be, uh, you may be right on. What about Tiafo and, and Fognini? Also a good first round match. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. I had Fognini winning. What did you guys have? I have Fognini as well. And then there's Nassim Simon in the third round. What about the uh, battle between the Frenchmen, Puy and Gasquet? Oh, God. I think Gasquet will win, but I hope Puy wins because Gas. God, Federer's draw is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just like if Gasquet gets to. If Federer gets Gasquet in the third round, he'll be. He'll go from like 18 and 0 against Gasquet to 19 and 0 against Gasquet. Yeah. Um, thing is, I have Noah Rubin winning the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did he I'm win sorry. Junior Wimbledon once? I thought you were talking about table tennis. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, you make your own luck. He certainly, at Wimbledon, has made his own luck. I mean, I have him against Schwartzman in the round of 16, which is pretty much a, a grass court player's dream. So, and maybe it will be Berrettini, but... And then Isner and Ishikori, Isner's been, yeah, Fed, Fed, Fed literally can walk on water into the center, probably. Yeah, Isner's the only one who would, like, stress him out, but Isner has to get to the quarters first. Yeah. Um, what about second? So what talking, let's, talk, let's talk second round, because there are, I mean, unless there's some other first round matches you want to bring up. Yeah, hey, I'm ready to move on to second round. Um, so, I, I actually think that one... One first rounder that segues into the second round is the Jordan Thompson versus Nick Kyrgios first rounder, because Jordan Thompson's had a very very good grass court season, and so he might actually beat Kyrgios. But I think Kyrgios could actually be like motivated because he sees that he'll play Nadal in the second round. Yeah, and like yeah, he loves playing the big three. Um, I have. That's a good that you're right about that. I also have Kyrgios winning, and then, and then let's you know we can we can maybe save that match because that really is the the creme de la creme of the second round. I'm curious what your take is on. Well, I guess we know Phillips. You're, you're curious what our takes are. I want to get to that in a second. I wanted to see. Um, I know you have Felix winning the whole thing, so obviously he beats Dimitrov. Wait, wait, way to ruin it. Wait, wait, way to ruin ruin the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I, I'm sorry. I, that, that that has a double meaning. Felix means a lot. It just means anybody who's quick on the court. Uh, so okay. who do you have in a who do you have in a potential um, uh, Felix Dimitrov match? You think it'll be a good match, or do you think Felix is just on such a roll that? I mean, Felix beat him in straight sets in uh, Queens, so I don't see why it would be any different. Um, 
Yeah, he's just got like a really tough serve and he gets an incredible number of returns in play for someone with as good a serve as he does. So he's just going to be a hard out in uh, on the grass court. And Dimitrov is just like, he's the Beto O'Rourke of uh, tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I like the reference. <laughs> He's very soft. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh another another second round match. Uh I've got I've got a few upsets. Um I've got Opelka over Wawrinka, like just serving bombs. Um and then another one is I have Feliciano Lopez over Kash Kashinov. Um, you and I both. Yeah. I have him going to the round of 16. I have him going to the so quarters. I think, I, I think an interesting one is going to be Shapovalov against Sanga. Um, Terrific. I think part of why this is interesting is because they've they've already had just two titanic clashes in, in majors in in the last like two years. Like uh, Shapovalov beat Sanga at the U.S. Open, and then the next year... Um, Sanga took him out in a really tough, I think either four or five sets in uh, Australia, and so this will be what in um, what a random rivalry. Yeah, that is a really random rivalry. Um, I also have Sanga winning that match. Um, Sharapovalov just has not performed well since Miami. Been a bit of a bit of a disappointment. I see him not sort of regaining his mojo until the hard court. So I also have... Uh, yeah, I have Songa uh, winning that, that as well. And the other match, I, how about Charty again? Yeah, I even think to... that Shapovalov could lose to Barankis. Like, he's been losing first round nonstop. Yeah, Mark, what 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 match were you talking about? Shardy versus who? I have like I have Shardy playing against uh, Gofan in the second round. I'm wondering if that's a match uh, that you think will be close. I actually have Charty going to the round of 16. I have him beating Medvedev in the third round. I, I have so Goffin beating Medvedev in the third round. Goffin, I yeah, think he I got think, to the finals of Hal. Yeah, Goffin's finding his mojo. Like, he took a set off Rafa at the French and was crushing people before that. I think he's, like, finally healthy again. I didn't realize he got a set off Rafa. I thought Rafa ate him for lunch in the first two sets. Did Gofan take the third set? Yeah, yeah, the third yeah. set. Oh, okay. He took the set, third set. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't realize. That's good, good for Rafa, just, just you know, to, yeah. to sweat a little bit. Uh, you're probably right. So you have Gofan going, beating Medvedev, and then uh, beating Sitsipas as well in the round of 16, or, or you don't have Sitsipas in the round of 16? Uh, I have Sitsipas beating uh, Gofan in the round of 16. Um... Nice. Yeah. Two people that are hard I'll to take, cheer against. I'll take I'll take Goffin to the quarters. Um, I think he's got like renewed energy, and that can actually go a long way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know who to pick in that match. I was just like, okay, so it's a pass is higher ranked, more likely to get this far to begin with. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk. Let's talk main course. Am I the only one taking query in the first round, or? Or uh, one of you is as well. No, I've got team. Okay. So let's let's yeah, talk. Yeah. So the thing with that match is that like that's a really tough first rounder, but then team has like a cakewalk to the quarters after that, and so um, that's a tough match to predict. But I don't know. I feel like team is just looking at his draw and like I got to win this first round match. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good you point. Think we'll come to play. Yeah, yeah, because team to get to the quarters, he would have to then beat Rublev, uh, Milman, and Simone. At least that's what I have in my bracket. I have team in the quarters, beating those people. Um, so let's talk Rafa Kyrgios then. If, if Kyrgios does win, do you think Rafa just you know obviously there's there's a little bit of I don't know if it's animosity or just. You know, dislike. I'm, 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 there's to me, there's a gradient of difference there. But do you think Rafa just, you know, takes it to him to uh, avenge some earlier losses, or do you think Kyrgios gives him a good fight? 
I think it's like incredibly, it's like impossible to predict because of Kyrgios. Um, I think if Rafa wins the first set, then like it's going to be a straight setter. And if Kyrgios wins the first set, it's going to be a really tough match. What do you what do you think? I think you'll see, I think you'll see in a doll that you usually see the second week. Like, I think we will see a completely locked in Nadal, who, um, because I don't know if you guys saw that Acapulco match, but it was like, it was an incredibly tough loss for Rafa. And then the aftermath of that was really ugly. There is nobody outside of Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer who Nadal just wants to beat more. Plus their head to head is three and three. Like, I think. Nadal is probably aware of that and wants the edge in the head-to-head. Yeah. Um, that said, Kyrgios is very talented, and especially so on grass. But uh, I just think that it's like um, Rafa is pretty good in revenge matches. Yeah, that's true. Rafa has... The match that you see going to a couple tiebreakers, you think Rafa will be able to sort of... You know, catch Kyrgios. I think he'll go five I'm not. I'm not. I'm not thumbing my nose at Kyrgios's talent. I actually think he may be more talented on grass. I just think. I think that it could go five sets. It could go three, but Rafa will like find a way to win that. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Rafa has such a hard draw. Um, so he would have Kyrgios in the second round. I have him beating Songa in the uh, third. Conventional, like the bracket has him against Chilich in the in the fourth, and then team in the fifth, Federer, and then Djokovic. That is a. There are so many landmines in that. Like he could like yeah. on a on a good day for his opponent, he could lose like in any of those rounds. It, it will be interesting though to see how many of those guys he actually ends up playing. Because there's so much parody in Wimbledon. Yeah. Regardless, I would say this is the hardest on-paper draw I've seen him of in this decade, at least. I mean, that would be like a, a grand slam and a half. Even if he makes the finals, that's a grand slam and a half. And if he wins it, yeah. that's two. I mean, that is... To, you know, Kyrgios and Songa, both who are phenomenal grass court players, and both of whom can just get in a zone and it's hard to get them out. I mean, Songa, because he's very relaxed, and Kyrgios, I guess, too, because he doesn't really care. I mean, he cares, but he doesn't care. You know, he, he plays He cares against Rafa. Yeah. But, no, he's just so talented, and so is Songa, and so is... But, yeah, I mean, if he actually ends up playing those people and beating those people and winds up winning the tournament... Um, that this will be his like greatest victory. Um, I, I wonder how it would score. So I think there's some site that weights Grand Slam titles based on degree of difficulty for winning. And so like, I forget. I think Stan has one extremely high degree of difficulty win. I think uh, Fred Djokovic has a few. Um, and uh, I wonder how this would rank among like among the the highest degree of difficulty wins. Yeah. I think the highest degree of difficulty has got to be uh, usually if you're basically if you're the guy who plays the three seed in the quarters. Like I think, um, I mean, usually if it, Rafa has all these early round tough matches though, but it's like if, you, if you're the guy, if you're team right now, your path to victory is the big three. It's, First and all, then Federer, then Djokovic. Yeah. In other words, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> okay. Unless yeah. they lose, unless he doesn't have to actually play all of them. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, so let's maybe let's go down. Let's starting at the top of the draw, and let's hear everybody's round of sixteen. Uh, maybe we'll or we'll we'll take if, if you don't mind, we can start at the at the top of the draw and. And who do you have in that that first match in in the uh, upper half in the round of sixteen? I've got a uh, I've got Djokovic versus uh, Felix. Yeah, me too. Didn't did Mafi uh, withdraw or not? Uh, I'll check right now. Um, news. 
Yeah, he suffered a training injury. He's questionable to play Wimbledon. Yeah, I think, questionable, I think questionable. that makes it okay. like even more of a Felix being the, the choice. Although I am... Okay, I'll switch, I'll switch it as well. I think Dimitrov is, uh, is interesting. Yeah, Dimitrov, if he has a good day, um, he could he could beat Felix and get to the round of 16. Well, he's Grand Slam inexperienced, so uh, that, that, that'll work against him a little bit. Uh, he clearly has played above expectations and, and switched to the grass, I think, better than people expected. Maybe he's going to feel a little bit more the pressure. I, I mean, for him to be seated so high, so maybe that is... You know, that's a match where Dimitrov has nothing to lose and Felix has a lot to lose. So it probably will be a close match. I, but I also have the same. Um, uh, Peter, did you Peter, did you have the same round of 16, Joker and Felix? Yes, yes I did. Joker and Monfils. Okay. No, no I, I have Joker and Felix, but that just makes it even more clear that Monfils. Or that, uh, yeah, that matchup makes we it. Don't even have to take a, we don't even have to take it past the round of 16, just, just who we have there. How about in the next pair? Uh, uh, Phil? Uh, I've got uh, Sitsipas against Goffin. So I have Goffin beating yeah. Medvedev. Uh, Peter? Uh, same. I clearly must have had some secondhand smoke last night. I have <laughs> Charty against Verdasco. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. You know, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have Charlie beating Medvedev and Verdasco beating Sitsipas. Uh For whatever reason, maybe it just makes me feel cool going out. I think it's just just trying to to get a little bit of the cool factor there. Just go I, I think that, uh, that also like Sitsipas has not been very good on grass. Yeah, so maybe it's not so outlandish. What about what about Karlovich? He's a, he's a landmine. I have him losing a sit to pass, but it'd probably be a close. Maybe that's why I picked Ferdasco that that match would go long. Maybe they'll they'll. Uh, what's the what's the longest the fifth set could be? Uh, up to twelve or up to fourteen? Um, up. To, I forget. I think it's up to twelve. I think it's twelve. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that that match could go the distance, and that that'll tire out sit to pass a little bit. Yeah. What about the next round of sixteen? Uh, who do you have? Uh, um. Peter. Uh, I guess Rayanich and wait, would Rayanich be able to place? That would be a third rounder. Um, yeah. Rayanich against. Uh, I'm taking Nick Jerry I don't there. I, I don't. I do not want to pick Anderson, but I think I sort of have to because I don't think he'll lose that first round. I'll go Rayanich Anderson. I'm going uh, Rayanich Erbear. You've got Jari. Uh, yeah, excuse, excuse my bias, but I'm going, I'm going Nick Jerry against Milos. Nick's played pretty well in the grass. I'm totally uh, predicting that with my heart, but I think that Anderson's still a little bit beat up. So I don't even. I, I have Jerry beating a slightly injured Anderson in the third round rather than beating a fully healthy one. So you don't have uh, Guido Pella? Very well. But Mark, Mark, your boy Guido Pella is in that section. Yeah, you know what? The thing is, I forgot that Russell played at the French. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he liked, liked Paris. I didn't think he liked the French. Anyway, Pella's uh, still feeling the disappointment of disappointing me. So I think I have him looking at Jerry in the second round. Yeah. Okay. What about the so next matchup? One thing about Jerry. It, so, so one of the things about Jerry is that he's playing Seppi in the first round, and Seppi literally never loses when he's supposed when he's supposed <laughs> to win or win. Uh, he always wins when he's supposed to win and loses when he's supposed to lose. And so that would, it would be interesting to see who's supposed to actually win that match. Um, but that that that's a tough draw if he's ranked even two spots below Seppi. Yeah, it's tough. We'll see. I just think he's played well. He's played well. So Seppi's at 71. Yeah, anyways. Jerry's probably ranked 50th now or 52 or something close to that. Yeah, Jerry may actually be ranked higher. 
Jerry's six and six. Well, yeah, Jerry's ranked fifty fifth. So like, Jerry should win that match. All right, I'll change yeah, that. that in my that's bracket. kind of boring. That's the really boring, you know, a, a segment. I mean, Milos against Anderson or Milos against Jerry. If Stan wins, that's a little bit more interesting. But that, so God, that's a boring that, section. Of the that, that section is like the Scandinavia of this Wimbledon draw. Um, yeah. Who do you have in that in the bottom part of that? Who do you have in the bottom part of the upper half? Uh, I have uh, Feliciano versus uh, Sverev. What about you guys? Feliciano versus Benoit Pair. I feel like there's there's quite a bit of parity in that part of the draw. And I have Lopez against Pair. That's a that's a pretty good pair. I would say so. I I hope they pair up. I I would feel apparently that would be a, you know <laughs> be a nice pair for sure. I would love a pair. Yeah. Made it his thing to eat pears on changeovers. That could be like a good like branding thing. I'm gonna go. Do you think it should be sponsored by Bartlett? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Del Monte or one of those things? That'd be great. That'd be great. I'm gonna go Kachinov against Zverev. I don't know. Good call. Although Zverev actually does have a tough. He will have a tough third round match. Because Pekmanovic, I think, has been playing well too, and same with Pear. I like, yeah. I like, I like where you're going with this. Let's go bottom half. All right, we we, we go just... from a pair to a team, um, and I have team playing against uh, Simone in the round of sixteen. Your cousin, your cousin is Simon. Jamil against Jamil Simon. Yeah, yeah. Your cousin. Uh, Jal- okay. Jaleel Simon. <laughs> Jaleel Simon. <laughs> yeah, very funny. He's the, the best Iraqi Frenchman. Jaleel Simon. For <laughs> 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 the proof that our family's more athletic than it gets credit for. Yeah, that's a good call. I have, I have Sam Query eye for the straight guy against uh, Jaleel Simon in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go uh, team against Fognini U- Uchiyama God that's a bold prediction <laughs> uh, I think after winning <laughs> I think after beating Kubler in 5 in 3 hours 46 minutes and his Qualifier. He's he's just <laughs> poised to uh, have his ranking of 182 in the world skyrocket. Yeah, he's he's poised for a breakout. But his confidence is sky high. Um, <laughs> is it that you want? I also want to hear John McEnroe try to pronounce that name. <laughs> is that you've secretly always wanted to try the Uchiyama? I mean, where is there? Is there you trying to live vicariously? Or you think that the they played the three out of five or two? <laughs> you know, I would just I think, love I just to. Think, I would just love to just have a morning session where the, we switch from the Nishikori to the Uchiyama, like back to back. I think you have to be back to back to do the Uchiyama. Actually, to be, to be perfectly honest with you, I think you start. I think you end up back to back. So my my logic is that I like hate Jill Simone. Like I hate his game. It's Jaleel. First of all, it's Jaleel. It's not. Jew. I hate. I would like him more if it was Jaleel. And then uh, I don't know, like. Tiafo and Fognini are like two of the more erratic players on tour. I don't know. I feel like I would feel really good if I predicted Uchiyama. <laughs> yeah, that's as good a reason as any. Yeah, to tweet it. I think if, the... if Uchiyama makes the second round, you need to hashtag it and you need to tweet it at him, and then we'll 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 jump on your bandwagon after that. I think this is a really good section to to uh, call an upset in because it is. The section that is least likely to produce like a tournament winner, I think, of all the sections in this draw. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Um, yeah. So, do you have celiacs? No, you have you have Mar- Mar- 
Manorino beating Celiac's disease, or uh, yeah, yeah, I have Manorino uh, against Nadal in the round of sixteen um, in the in that section. What about you? I have Silich against Rafa, but I'm not quite sure why. I just, I have him. I mean, he's a former Wimbledon finalist, so <laughs> that's sort so. of the safe yes. call. <laughs> uh, Peter, what's your round? Of yeah, I think it's gonna be Chilich, but I think that the 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 tough the toughest rando in that section is Dave Daniel Evans. He's got a real game, and he's British, so I think that he could be a dangerous. Yeah, beware of the Brits. They're they're coming. He's also the most the most likely player in the tournament who can who can provide. Um, you know, official legal representation to any of the players if they need that. I mean, you see, <laughs> yeah. Daniel Evans Esquire. <laughs> yeah, uh, him or James Ward. Um, I was going to say, I was, I was looking at the drive. They both, I think Evans Ward is one or, of the more popular. Or Cameron Nori. Or, uh, yeah. Right, Leo Pelka. Actually, no, that's not quite. Um, I would much Pelka. prefer. Daniel Evans as my lawyer. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, then we got so, so let's let's go bottom half. Let's go. Who do you have in that dreadfully boring um, sixteen? I've got the Nishikori versus um, Isner. <laughs> or, I, what have, do you have? I second the motion. I've, uh, and then I have uh, Isner uh, crushing the Nishikori. Um, <laughs> just pounding him to bits um and uh yeah and then i have federer against apparently chorich withdrew and it's berrettini who's gonna be the big the top seed in that the the where chorich is in that section and berrettini has had a really good uh grass court season so i have him making uh the round of 16 and losing to federer I got Nishikori and Isner and then the Hobbit against Federer. I think the Hobbit did pretty well in grass. I think he did pretty well so far. So I have him beating Berrettini in a close match in the third round, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got Berrettini uh, taking out Pui in the, uh, in the round of 16. So, I don't think you, so you've got I Pui beating Federer? <laughs> 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 Peter, do you, do you actually have Federer losing to Pui? No, <laughs> I think it's feathers, but I feel like I need to like do something. I need some sort of revenge call for for Mark for calling <laughs> Guido Pella over Nadal. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's the a most good one. Excusable choice ever. Um, <laughs> only one of but, you can be angry. Only one of you can be angry about. about <laughs> <laughs> Only one of you gets to be angry at me for that. Philip beat you to the punch. So, <laughs> um, no, but I do hope that Pui beats Gasquet because I think Pui is tougher up to, for Federer than Gasquet is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He may just get a free pass in the round of sixteen. They may just say take the first week off. We need the court time for other people. We'll just. We'll see you next yeah, Monday. Like, I wonder if Federer's first three matches break a record for the least amount of time for a first three matches. Like, yeah, Federer so could win his first three Lloyd, matches in Lloyd Harris hours. in the first round, and then he plays the winner of Jay Clark and Noah Rubin in the second round. <laughs> Are you calling less than five hours for those two matches combined? Yes. I'm calling less than, like, four hours. Yeah, I would agree with that. Nice call. That, that's a good side, though. We'll make a nice side bet on that. Yeah. So, so, so what what do you guys have as like uh, the semifinal, semifinal and onwards? I'm holding off, but I can't make it past the round of sixteen yet. But I think if I had to, I would have Fed, Rafa, Joker, and Milos. <laughs> yeah, I have Milos as well. Uh, I think it'll be, you know, you're right. The grass court tennis now, the Djokovic-Nadal match last year was a blast to watch. 
high-quality tennis. And the Djokovic Del Potro match was great to watch. Other than that, I don't know if there were really that many other interesting matches at Wimbledon. So this is the, this is a tournament to follow, but for me, it's a hard one to watch. Yeah, yeah because it's like, okay, well. it's great if two guys who aren't heavy servers but are good players play. But if you've got like an Anderson Isner uh, matchup, or like there are a few on on deck, like Anderson versus Rayanich is just has like five tiebreakers written all over it, you know. Um, and that's just like it takes a long time and it sucks to watch. But it doesn't uh, take that long though, right? Right? Like get it, true. it probably takes true. three hours, right? Like after, um, so short. True, it feels a little longer just because they, you, you look at the game score. But I think there was a Rafa three hours you don't want to watch. There was a Rafa Del Potro set last year where I feel like the final score of one of the sets was six four, but they played for over an hour, maybe even an hour and twenty minutes, and that was just a, that was just a slugfest. So I do remember, you know, thinking, okay, I can go to dinner now. Uh, I was in Europe at the time. I can go to dinner now. And then I ended up sort of getting, you know, drawn into the match. So occasionally, you know, if they could maybe just start the tournament, like in the court, play the first round and skip ahead to the quarters, it would almost be a little more interesting. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah so fast I, forward. My, my call for the semifinals are Djokovic, um, Kachinov, uh, team, and Federer. I don't think Rafa's going to make it just because he's going to he's going to slip up to one of the landmines, or they're going to be a few battles in a row, and he just won't have enough. Yeah, I, I think when he struggles when they're in a row, right? If it's like a second round yeah. and the fourth round in the semis, he's usually able to, you know, recoup his energy. But if it's like three tough matches out of four, yeah, uh, two, yeah, he gets he gets TKO'd. Yeah. Um, I have Nadal. Right. I have Nadal getting through, but I have him losing to Federer in the semis, and I have uh, Felix beating Djokovic and Tsitsipas and getting to the semis and playing Rayanich as a uh, compatriot. Um, that's an interesting draw. It's doable. So, it's eminently been, doable. Rayanich's grass season hasn't been that good, and he's been sort of withdrawing from matches and. I but think he his, may not be totally healthy. His his losses, like he's been like losing in third set tie breaks, but like early in tournaments, so he hasn't. So they've been sort of coin flip losses rather than bad losses. But he's also with he withdrew against Felix, right? Like, yeah, I think he was ducking him. I just he just didn't want to yeah. play him. <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah, and he also had like gotten. He yeah. was playing the next week in Queens. I think he had gotten to the finals of Queens last year, and was just like, okay, I need to defend my points in Queens. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, he's fine. He, he's fine. Yeah, he paces himself. He's he's like the groundhog who comes out to see your shadow for these two weeks, and then you know goes back in his burrow. Yeah, I have uh, I have Lopez beating Sverev in the quarter in the round of sixteen. I like the call. He gets he gets the overachiever award. I mean, he is one of the few people who can. Did he win Queens? Yeah, he won Queens yeah, for he, the second he, time. He won singles and doubles in Queens. Oh, he he was playing doubles with Murray and they won. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah. he gets. I think, I, he's got to be the only player in history. He just he might not have the juice for Wimbledon now. Like I think that may have taken a lot out of him. Um, I think the Spanish players tend to have the juice. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm talking like mental juice. Ah, okay. Um, I'm looking at the doubles draw right now just to see if Murray's in it and who he's playing with. Um, he's going to play against his brother in the third round. Oh, yeah, he's playing with Herbert. He's playing with... The... Yeah. Why, is Herbert, why are Herbert and Mahu no longer a team? Does anyone have intel on that? No, but um, I think they just wanted to. They want. They, they agreed to see other people for a while. 
I, I think. Uh, wait, who does Air Bear play in singles? Uh, he plays uh, Anderson. Yeah, you guys there? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were thinking about the match. Who does he play? He plays Anderson. He plays Anderson? Yeah, so I think that... So with Murray um, pairing with Air Bear, like, you saw what happened to Lopez last when last time, like, when Lopez paired with Murray. Like, does this make Air Bear, like, a much more serious contender? Yeah, so I was sort of confused because... Doubles, it's usually uh, two people, but you said uh, there were, it was a three-person team with uh, Murray, Pear, and Air Bear. <laughs> I think Murray against Murray in the third round should be pretty awesome. They're, they're on a collision course. Yeah, why didn't they play together? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think... That would have been like prime time. Yeah, should have. I'm surprised. Maybe it's... Maybe next time. I don't know. Probably the mom gets too involved. Who knows? Yeah, I wonder why they didn't play together. Because uh, Jamie Murray isn't playing with his usual partner. Um, let's see if Andy Murray's in the mixed doubles. Uh, the mixed doubles draw isn't out yet. Okay. Well, do you guys have any more uh, thoughts about the uh, the tournament? I'm looking. You know, I come and think of it. I just haven't done our pod. I'm looking forward to it more than I thought. Yeah, me too. This is going to be very annoying when Federer cakewalks and everyone like blows him, and it's just so obvious that his draw is really easy and nobody even brings it up. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's talking about how Rafa sucks on grass because he's like getting taken to like four and five. Meanwhile, his draw is like <laughs> the most stacked draw a, you've seen. Every match is a yeah. Final. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I agree with that. We're going to reunite again next weekend. To our millions of listeners, and apparently that does not include Mark's wife. Thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll try and chat mid tournament.